Brother Hank speaking today. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful because anytime he gets to speak, I'm always excited. You see, he brings it from that perspective, you know, with, uh, you see, I grew up loving comics. <laughs> so all those drawings and everything, I was like, okay, where is he going? Where is he going? Then at the end, it's boom, right there in your face. You're like, whoa, I wasn't thinking about that. So we just want to thank you, Ank. We thank you for the anointing that God has on you. Uh, we prophesy that he that started something good will surely perfect it. So we hand it over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Gosh, thank you so much. It's funny. I didn't like. I don't like. I didn't like comics growing up. <laughs> it's kind of turned into a kind of reversal, I guess. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Shigun. Um Merry Christmas. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> uh, a, a little Edwin walked up to me outside and he said, he, he gave me a hug and, um, and he, he goes, Merry Christmas. I'm like, Merry Christmas. Uh, we act, I know I did way too soon. I'm sure I'm, I'm part of like, you know, breaking all kinds of like cultural barriers just by saying that. I'm sorry, but I love it. I don't know. Like I want to start it soon. I love, the, I love that the whole world uh, jumps in on the birth of Jesus. Um, I think it's, it's just fun. Uh, and um, yeah, new babies in the house. I love it. Uh, I, I just uh, I looked up what happened November sixth. You know, in history. And in fact, something cool happened with November sixth. A little um, Sterling was born. You know, a couple of days ago, November sixth is the day that Abraham Lincoln was elected president. So maybe we got another Abraham Lincoln show up in <laughs> in a, the next you know thirty forty years or so. Who knows? Change the world. <laughs> and uh, also. Um, uh, Happy Veterans Day for tomorrow. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, any veterans in the house? Any, any, any veterans? Yeah. Uh, me? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, 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 if just text somebody. You know, give a veteran a prophetic word tomorrow. I don't know. Just uh, say a prayer over them and send them a text uh, tomorrow. It's a, it's a fun day. Uh, for those veterans, a lot of free food, so it's good. Uh, that's out there. But uh, okay, so I actually just uh, just passed out some some notes for you guys, um, and um, it's, it's I was telling the guys earlier, it's, it's kind of funny. I wrote these mostly on on Thursday, and then yesterday, just looking over the notes, the Lord kind of had me had me do a different direction. So I'm going to try to follow the notes, but then I may just go off and and, and talk about something else. But um, uh, I'm going to be talking about fasting, and so be thinking of that nice cheeseburger afterwards that you're going to really want after this. Um, now, um, I don't know. I just, um, let me just jump in. Lord Jesus, help me help us to learn and receive your word. I pray Lord that we would, uh, encounter you legitimate encounters, Lord. I pray you would become more real to us than, than we've ever experienced, especially this week, especially Lord, just cause you hold tomorrow. It's in your hands. And so we want to join you in that, Lord. And so join us there and help us to, to get a little deeper and have revelation about who you are and what your heart is in Jesus name. Okay. So I titled this one transition with grace. Um, I, I was thinking about uh, just what's coming up and uh, I, I have been living by semesters my entire life. <laughs> I, uh, from pre-K all the way till now, I've been living by semesters. And uh, I, 
uh, I have I've had summers off. So I was obviously through all the way to school. I was in uh, I went to um, uh, college, and, and I'm a teacher. And so literally everything in my entire life has been been semesters. And I uh, I've I've noticed I I've not handled transitions well. So every summer that pops up, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go hard after the Lord, and all of a sudden I end up binge watching Netflix for a month or something, you know? I, uh, I, 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 I go into Christmas like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I wanna try a diet or something, all of a sudden, well, Christmas, you know, trying to plan a diet during Thanksgiving Christmas is just insane. And, and I just realized I have a hard time in transition. It always takes me time to just adjust. Every time something changes, I just, I don't know, it's just kinda hard to adjust. And then uh, just the Lord's been talking to me about this. Uh, and, um, and so I started thinking about January, like the, the next year coming up. And so I was like, okay, this seems a little earlier, but like just let's start planning next year and start preparing myself to transition well into the new year. And um, I, I'm currently uh, in school. Actually, I got less than one month of grad school left. I will be done. I guess I, you will see me post on social media something obnoxious as far as me celebrating because um, uh, I'm more tired. We're tired. Ashley and I are both in grad school, and it's uh, we both decided to uh, um, like do grad school before our kids get older. People kept on, you know, you know, telling us, hey, do it before your kids get older because it only gets busier. And I was like, okay, so we did it. And it's, it's, it's hard, but we're, we're almost done. Uh, Ash graduates in May. We'll walk the stage in May together. And, um, but one of the, the, the things I've learned, I'm, I'm doing a leadership degree, is something called the S-curve. And if you kind of see that on your notes there, uh, it is a strategy for change. And the idea is, um, Every plan you have in your life has this like climax. You start out slow, you get higher, and you have this like kind of like boom, a climax deal, then it kind of loses momentum afterwards. And the suggestion here is before you hit the climax of the initiative you're doing, the, the plan you're doing there, you start something else. You can kind of see there, I said start with a little arrow right there that kind of says that's when you start. And so the idea is I'm thinking about next year right now. Okay, getting my ideas of what's gonna happen right now, that way I can just go into the next transition with momentum, okay? And what the Lord spoke into my heart was, it's easier when you fast. It, there's something happens that the transitions happen not as hard, not as rough, not as bumpy, and there's more revelation, there's more understanding, so you can go into the next season with momentum. And... Um, yeah, and so anyway, that's, that's what I was going on, but the Lord's gonna take us a little bit different direction here. Um, I drew a picture of a um, sailboat there, and one day I hope to sail something like that. If it's in heaven, I do, I picture me just jumping on a sailboat, just wind in your hair, sails going. Um, just, just as an imagery for you, fasting is like sailing. Um, how do I describe it? It... Fasting doesn't earn you anything. Uh, I just want to go ahead and start out with that. That, that when we, if you ever do a fasting time or, or a day or a season of your, you know, a, a, a period of time, it, it doesn't earn you anything. What it does, I always picture it as if like you're putting up bigger sails for the Lord. Uh, it's, it's, or if you want to do a, a catcher's mitt, your catcher's mitt is like 20 times larger. And so, again, it's, it's, you just can catch more from the Lord uh, uh, that's coming at you. And a lot of it's already blessing that's already been put at you. It's already coming at you. Things you already, it's in you. It's just something happens when we fast. And I like the, I like the imagery of a sailboat. And um, 
It, yeah, I just, I mean, you, your sail goes up and then when the wind does blow, as we describe the Holy Spirit as the wind blowing, boom, you catch it and you're moving along. You're like, whoa, it's amazing. And so, uh, anyways, that's why I drew a sail, but I also I think I imagine it as like plowing. Um, I don't know, I couldn't draw plowing. That's really hard to draw. So anyways, like imagine you have a really hard soil in your life spiritually and fasting does something like plowing. It breaks up the hard soil in your life. You know, just some imagery there of what it looks like scripturally, I can sort of back that, but what it feels like and experiencing it, that's kind of what it feels like most of the time. Uh, let's see here. Last week, um, let's jump into it here. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get off the ground here. Last week, Jared mentioned a verse. This is uh, out of Matthew 7. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will, uh, uh, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Did we? And, and he goes into it and said, these people would say, did we not prophesy? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not uh, uh, do miracles in your name? And Jesus says in, in Matthew 7, I did not know you. That was a, that's, a, that's a heavy, heavy verse. And even this morning, I just asked the Lord. I, I think I'll read that every once in a while, and I'll just ask the Lord the question, Lord, do I, do I know you? <laughs> it just looks like, am I in? Am I good? You know, just to, because these people are prophesying, casting out demons and doing miracles, like doing the Christian stuff, yet they still don't know God. And you're like, man, that is heavy. And even so, Matthew eleven seventeen, further on down the road, and it's Jesus talking, well, to the Pharisees. And he, he, he says, we played the pipe for you. He's talking to them. It's like, we played the pipe for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge and you, and you did not mourn. You say John the Baptist has demons and you say Jesus, I think I'm paraphrasing here, and say Jesus is a glutton and a drunk. And what he's saying there is you missed it. You missed it. Like, how did you miss it? And, and it's like, you, you weren't even like doing the right thing in the right season. And that's kind of what I want to get at is fasting helps us to get an understanding of what season you're in, what's, what is happening at that moment. It gives you a grid of when there is transition and change, you can catch it. I don't know. It's, it's uh, I think just kind of imagine missing the exit on a highway, <laughs> uh, missing um, uh, just, I don't know. You're just like, whoa, well, something changed. I didn't catch it. But again, fasting helps you kind of get that. So let me just kind of break down fasting for you guys. Um, uh, again, I, what I want to do, I, I meant to spend a whole lot more time on that, but I want to do is talk more about Daniel, well, Daniel, the book of Daniel. Um, and so let me just kind of just kind of give you a heads up what biblical fasting looks like. Um, well, first off, if you study fasting in the Bible, almost every single time, or actually every single time, it's food. Uh, it's, it is people giving up food for a, a period of time, uh, a day. Uh, you know, Jesus did 40 days. Uh, you have, uh, there's a king in the book of Daniel who said who fasted overnight, which is, it's like, I like that kind of fasting. <laughs> I fell asleep, woke up, I fasted. <laughs> You're like, Fair enough. <laughs> and, but, but most of the time when the Bible talks about fasting, again, it, it usually has to do with food. So a lot of times I'll hear people say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be fasting video games. I'm going to be fasting, uh, you know, a, a TV show or doing this kind of thing. They're like, awesome, that's great. But again, usually biblical fasting has to do with not eating food in some context. Um, there's an Old Testament style of fasting usually had to do with external uh, circumstances. 
Okay, and so usually people are, are fasting and praying to change a circumstance or a situation. Still very biblical today. You can still, yes, that is still part of it. So the New Testament didn't cancel that. It just enhanced it. Now New Testament fasting is internal. It's a lot of it has to do with, you see that wedding cake over there on the left-hand side, has to do with intimacy with Jesus, our insides, like our, our, our inward growth with the Lord. Isaiah 58 there is one of the, like, it's, it's the hallmark of fasting. So if you want to, want to like really study fasting, start out with Isaiah 58, and it gives you a list of all the things that fasting can do. And what it does, it loosens the bonds of wickedness. So, like repenting is a good thing to do. It's like easier to repent when you're fasting. Undo heavy burdens. If there's a weight upon you or your life or things around you, it, it un, undoes heavy burdens. Help the oppressed go free. Give bread to the hungry. Receive revelation in God's word. Emotional and physical health. Righteousness to break forth. It's powerful stuff, fasting. And it's crazy because the Western world, for the most part, doesn't do it anymore. Like, I mean, it's, it's actually a shock. Uh, when... My mom gets really nervous with me when I fast. Uh, she's like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? It's like, mom, it's normal. It's meant to be normal. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a normal part of Christianity. If you read Matthew 6, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, when you fast. It's not if. He said when. It's meant to be a normal part of Christianity. And for some reason, we've just canned it. We tossed it out. With I don't know why. And... Uh, Maybe we picture it as maybe the Eastern religions or something. We think it's kind of the Buddhist idea of people fasting, but, but it is a biblical thing that we're supposed to do. I mean, the context in that, in that passage of Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about, like, don't draw attention to yourself. Yes, and so sometimes people just throw it all out because they don't feel like maybe I'm being too spiritual, too, you know, uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite, you know, at all. But, uh, uh, but Jesus just kind of says, hey, just... Just don't draw attention to yourself, but it is legit. It is something that is meant to happen with every believer. Again, let's go over to the wedding cake there. So what happened is Jesus completely revolutionized fasting at the time. John the Baptist, John the Baptist's disciples, sorry, my grammar's bad. Um, we're asking Jesus's disciple or Jesus, like, hey, why aren't your disciples fasting? Why aren't they doing it? Why aren't they doing this stuff? It's like, we're doing it. We're working our tails off. We're hungry. And you guys are just eating <laughs> and just having a good time. Just got a cheeseburger right in front of them. Just like, hey, what's wrong with you guys? Why aren't you eating? And, and Jesus protects them. He says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? He just totally revolutionized fasting. He, he's, he's connects it to Jesus being there with them. And he goes on to say, when the bridegroom's not there, they will mourn for him to return. They will mourn. There's this connection for him. There's basically, he connected it to intimacy as a, as a bride and a, and a bridegroom together that, that when Jesus is, is gone up into heaven, then they will fast. And the idea is we have this longing that grows up within us. We have this connection that we should be longing for. And... Uh, it is, it is very powerful. What it does is it creates voluntary weakness. A lot of times we, you know, you hear the, well, the verse out of Matthew chapter 5, uh, Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth, right? Um, 
And uh, a lot of times we think of meekness as happening to us. Uh, we have a circumstance that happens at us. And so now it's my chance to be meek. But can you be meek on the offensive? Can you be meek and humble like on purpose? Can you plan it ahead of time? The answer is yes, and it's through fasting. And a lot of times, if you've ever fasted, if you haven't, uh, try it out. If you have, what I want, basically, guys, what I want you guys to do is, if you can get anything out of this, is just test this out in whatever parameter possible. You know, if you, like, go to the next level. If you have fasted before, go to the next level. If you've never done it before, just give it a shot. Uh, and, and then see what happens. Just test it out. But the idea, though, is not to be hungry. That actually fades away pretty quick. Uh, you are hungry for a little bit, and you do think about food a lot. But the idea, though, is voluntary weakness. And the scripture that I wanted to pull up there is 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. My power is made perfect in weakness. When we are physically weak, when you love the Lord with all your strength, when we are physically weak, God's power is made perfect. And I, I drew that little picture of a guy in a cape. Because Jesus says when, these, when these, his disciples couldn't cast out a demon, it was an epileptic boy. And Jesus just kind of gets a little casual, hey, yeah, this kind of doesn't come out, only except through praying and, fa praying and fasting. Okay? And in me, a radar goes off of there's power that happens when you fast. Something happens when you fast, and you get more power. I, I, Ashley and I, talking about binge-watching, we binge-watched Jack Ryan the other day. Anybody watch that TV show at all? No, it's good. It's awesome. But there was a scene where Jack Ryan and his, his, uh, his superior were being attacked by this, like, big machine gun truck coming by, and Jack Ryan's shooting just a, you know, a little gun, bang, 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 and all of a sudden his leader um, gets up with a bazooka, just and just blows up the, the truck. You're like, yeah! And like, in my mind, like, that's fasting. Power. power things, happen, things shift in the spirit. There's more power when, when fasting happens. And uh, I believe it. Uh, and I, I wish I could tell a um, hundred stories of that, but it, I don't time, but it, it does. There's power in fasting. Now, okay, so there you have it. I'm kind of setting it up. Um, oh, also, I do want to add, it's okay to fail. Uh, before I dip into uh, any more, it's okay to fail when it comes to fasting. I can't tell you how many times I've failed fasting. It's okay. Just get up and do it again. Just do it again. I, I, I've done it where I planned a really good, strong fast that day or whatever, how long, and by lunch, I'm woofing down like your 20-piece chicken nugget. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Fasting, it's, it's not a... You have to. Don't, don't punish yourself for not doing it. Uh, it is something that just will enhance your walk with the Lord and grow yourself in love with the Lord. And uh, it, it, is, it is an incredible tool. I, it, it's Jared, I talked to him a couple weeks ago when we first started this. He was like, yeah, just tell a story of it. I was like, it's hard to pin like a direct, like I, I fasted and something happened kind of thing. It's hard to pin that sometimes, but in retrospect, looking back at a lifestyle of fasting, it, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Things have shifted and changed over time. It's kind of cool. So um, I don't know, even this past year, Ash and I, uh, there's just more stuff that's been happening. And I want to relate it to fasting. And, and, and like 
I don't know, there's more revelation that happens in our lives, more we see God do more things. And it's like, it's really kind of neat. Um, but what I want to get to uh, and put more of my focus on is Daniel chapter 10, or actually the book of Daniel. And uh, uh, that's what the Lord really wanted me to hone in on. Okay, so I've got like just the logistics of what fasting is and the biblical support of it. Uh, but so I, I was reading through Daniel. And so this week, five times in separate like avenues, Daniel popped up and the very verse I would read, it'd pop up in a sermon or someone would talk about it. And you're like, okay, maybe I should talk more about Daniel. Uh, uh, so the book of Daniel is awesome. I love Daniel. Um, he, uh, he had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. And so you, it, you, when you read about it, it talks about him doing it three times a day as a kid, as the way he grew up praying, praying and fasting, it was normal for him to do it. And uh, if you know the story of Daniel, Daniel was sent and uh, uh, part of the exiles was living in Babylon, was like in the heart of Babylon. And uh, uh, again, out of uh, Daniel 6, it says he prays three times a day and uh, fasting was an active part of his ministry. There's three times mentioned in the scripture about how he was fasting. But something that happened with him with fasting was one, he began to understand dreams and visions, like really understand dreams and visions, uh, not, you know, try to apply some, you know, principles and, and some, some formulas to it. Like he knew it. I mean, it was to the point where, the king had a dream, and the king was like, I'm not even going to tell you guys the dream. You guys have to just find it out, pray for the dream, and then find out, and then interpret it. And then the king was like, I'm going to kill everybody if you don't do that. And you're like, oh, moly. And then Daniel does it. And so, but again, he had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Okay? Uh, he became the best of magicians and enchanters. Now, this is mind-blowing. He became the chief of magicians. If somebody walked up to me and says, hey, would you be the head psychic or whatever? Or just imagine somebody asking you that, like just every Christian thing in me is like, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not a psychic. I don't like nobody's like, like, no, that's horrible. It's not a good thing. And, but, but Daniel didn't argue. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. You're like, what? He's the head magician. I also want to add as well, too. Oh, we'll get to that. I'm going to come back to that. Um, so just, he, he's, let me put this, this will put a little bug in your ear. He was the head magi, okay? So again, ooh, I've heard magi before. We'll come back to that. Uh, he had angelic visitations, serious angelic visitations. In fact, this is what I want to like kind of hone in on here is like, I think if we fast in this next, this is just me and like what I feel like the Lord's doing, there might be some angelic visitations happening soon. And if anything, because that's the thing that's been popping up five times this week, fasting and angels, fasting and angels. I'm like, whoa, are you, like, Lord, are you saying, like, I'm, I'm by faith, hey, let's have some angels show up. Seriously. Like, let's just have one casually standing up here on the side of the room, just like, hey, like, whoa, my gosh, an angel. You know, if we all fall on our faces, awesome, whatever. <laughs> but there is one point where the angel Gabriel, Jesus himself, and the angel Michael shows up at the same time. So there's a Christophany in there where this angel is, you know, clothed in white and has a set, like he's, he's describing Jesus. And it's like, oh my gosh. And, this, and it was a Daniel fast, if you know anything about that. A Daniel fast is, it was just fruits and veggies and nuts, I think. I mean, like, it wasn't even like a really intense, like water fast or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And, 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 this, and angels started showing up. Like, incredible. He began to receive a revelation of God's word. Okay, so it's, it said he read through the book of Jeremiah and all of a sudden, boom, revelation started hitting up. Boom, boom, boom. Jeremiah was the prophet before they got sent off to the next exile. So he read scripture. He had a serious revelation of, uh, of timing and seasons. Specifically, the Lord gave him 
the return of Jesus, I'm sorry, the, the, the Jesus showing up, like as far as timing wise, he gave him revelation of, uh, I'm sorry, let's reverse. Uh, the temple being built, and then he gave revelation of the 500 years between the temple being built and Jesus showing up, so they call it the intertestamental period. And he also got revelation of Jesus returning. The guy was praying and fasting. He's had a lifestyle of praying and fasting. And then there is the argument, well, Hank, he's a prophet. Like, yes, okay, there's that too. He had the calling of prophet on his life. Yes, I see that. But what, what would he have not experienced if he didn't pray and fast? Just food for thought. Like, what, did he, what would he have not encountered? And uh, he had favor with kings and God. There's uh, many times it says he was esteemed. Okay, um, so let's look at Daniel 21. So uh, Daniel, no, excuse me, Daniel chapter 10, he did a 21-day fast. Daniel did a 21-day fast to change the tides of war. There was a war that they're about to go into, and that's when the, the Christophany of Jesus shows up. The Christophany is where Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. And he said he fought the Prince of Persia for 21 days. And in fact, I want to say it was either Michael or Gabriel had to jump in and, 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 and like also help out. Okay. And again, he ends up getting revelation. It wasn't just to like win the war. It was he got revelation of the next 500 years, Jesus coming in the first time and the end times on top of that. And also, so... Let's go back to that Magi. I don't know if y'all heard this before, but it's actually, I was like, I love this story. So the Magi, 500 years later, when Jesus arrived, the three kings or the, the three uh, wise men who show up and give gifts, they had the same name that Daniel did, and they came from the east, okay? And so I believe, this is my theory, is that they had the same revelation of Daniel. They remember Dan Daniel was so impactful that 500 years later that they're still following the prophecy of Daniel, and they show up because of that. Again, these are just magicians. These are guys who deal in the, they're pagans. But yet, Daniel influenced them. It's pretty cool. So just, I mean, maybe you can argue that. But what I want to get at is, guys, there's so much power in fasting. It can change the tides of war. Uh, if anybody's read the book, Reese Howell's Intercessor, uh, this guy was an intercessor during World War II. And if you want to get any kind of comparison of what maybe the end times may look like, that's kind of maybe a, a slight like imagery, maybe, of, it's a small scale, but imagery of what it might look like. And Reese Howell, uh, he had a, just a group of people inter interceding and like there was like praying and fasting for the war. And years later, they look back and the, the moments they had these like encounters with God to like really dig in and pray and fast and pray and fast, they realized that the, the battles they were praying for were won. And they looked back and they said, those battles were the turning points. Like if those would have either not been won or won or whatever it was, like those would have been the turning points. Like these people were just praying and fasting. Uh, was it yesterday? Was the 30 year anniversary of uh, the falling of the Berlin Wall or, or Friday? Or just recently, just the like, past couple days, was the 30 year anniversary of the falling of the, the Berlin Wall. And I, 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 again, I like to follow like, what was the Christian church doing at that time? There was a group of guys who, seven years before the fall of the Berlin Wall, they started this little Bible study right outside of, I'm going to botch it, Leipzig, Germany? Leip, Leipzig, Leipzig? Leipzig? Okay. A small Bible study group began to pray just outside of the Berlin Wall, 
and seven years later, uh, they get closer and closer to the actual fall of it. Uh, their prayer meeting jumps up. To, so they prayed every Monday. Their prayer meeting jumps up to about 8,000 people all of a sudden. Again, this is in Eastern Germany. This is where communism is. There's, you're not allowed to meet. It's, it's, it's highly like strict. And 8,000 people are now praying. And even now you have like these secret police shoot, like, like about to shoot them in public, but it didn't happen. And then it jumped from 8,000 to 120,000. And then it turned into uh, 300,000 people praying in Eastern Germany. Again, this is a, they, like their laws. They should, have been, they should have been shot, all of them. And nothing happened. A month later, the Berlin Wall falls. And pe people say that was the tides of the war. That was the turning point of it. There's a group of people who I heard the story once that, they're church planters, and before they go, this is in Africa, Northern Africa, I believe. They would go to Northern Africa, and before they started their church, they would literally pray nonstop 24-7, like six or seven guys, 24-7, and fast for 40 days, and then they would start a church. And then they'd work. It was like, boop, it popped up, it powerful, it moved in power. And what I'm getting at, guys, there's this principle of... You pray and fast, things shift in the heaven. It's beyond just catching a transition. Again, I, I, meant, I initially was supposed to like talk to you guys just about, here, here's a transition in your life. You're like, oh gosh, I'm not doing school. No, no, this can shake the heavens to come down to the earth. It cries out, Matthew uh, 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 9.14, the bridegroom fast. I long for you, Jesus. Come, boom, your kingdom come. In fact, that was in Leipzig, that was the prayer. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your kingdom come, and, and communism falls. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. And it just starts with a small group. It always starts with a small group. And again, you have Daniel. He just, he didn't eat meat. And he predicts the coming of Jesus uh, uh, twice, <laughs> the coming of Jesus. Angels show up, Gabriel, Michael, Jesus himself shows up. And again, he had a lifestyle of fasting. It just, it, it, it just a little just start of like just a, a life. It wasn't just a one moment deal. Hey, I fasted once. It's, it's no, I do it on Thursdays or I, I, I do it, um, you know, Anyway, with a team of people, I do it together with people. And again, if you want to go deeper in the Lord, if you want to connect with him deeper, if you want to uh, see power happen in your life, if you want to see angels show up, I'm not guaranteeing that we have angels show up. I really hope they do. It would be awesome. But again, there's this reality that happens that, that if we just don't eat food for a little bit, again, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like for you, you just ask the Lord, Lord, what does that look like? Like, I want to, I want to test this out. Okay. Do it with somebody. And I... I encourage you, I, if you want to do it with me, I mean, I, again, I don't want to, anyways, but just uh, Thursdays. I got a group of buddies, we do it Thursdays. And, and so if you want to join me on Thursdays, have at it. If you want to plan a longer one with somebody or people or there are a group here, uh, let's plan a longer one. But I just want you guys to test it out because there is something that happens. I can't quite explain it. I don't know. It's one of those deals where it's like, I can, again, I'm trying to teach you guys. You see me fumbling through the scriptures here on this, but yet power shows up. The power of God shows up. You just see better. You get revelation better. The word becomes alive. Jesus becomes more real to you. Uh, one last one, and I'll, I'll end on this. I, I had a friend who was in the, uh, joined the Marines, and he was deployed, went to Afghanistan, and he was, uh, he was in the thick of it. And um, um, I, I often would scare um, people who want to join the military, Christian men and women who want to join the military, uh, that it's hard. It's, it's an environment that's difficult to thrive in your Christianity in. And, uh, but this guy, 
totally changed my mind on that. He was called into the military. He went into uh, combat stuff. I think he was even, he did sniper stuff. And um, back home, I had a friend, his, one of his friends prayed and fasted for him. I don't know what that looked like the entire year he was deployed. He didn't, I mean, it wasn't that he didn't eat the entire time, but it was like, there was a, there was a schedule set up of some sort where he prayed and fasted for him. My friend had angels show up. <laughs> he was uh, in a convoy and uh, the vehicle in front of him blows up and he sees this light pass through the vehicle, this light in front of the vehicle, it passed the vehicle, it went through them and went behind him. And, and he says it was an angel, but nobody in that front car was hurt. Not one person, that thing was toast. And he, he, he baptized all of his, most of his platoon in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> he led them to Christ and baptizes them. He, he chooses to be the lead uh, person. I don't know if you ever know anything about military, but when you like walk in, like in your battle, kind of stuff, you're walking along, you usually walk in a triangle and a line. The guy up front is not the job you want because they're usually the first one to get shot. And he gets up there and just walks along, just praying. Not once. He even said one time he stepped on an IED. His foot, like, I was up against it. Looked down, just slid his foot off. Nothing happened. And I don't know, I, I, what I'm getting at, there, there's, there's power in prayer and fasting. And I, I, my belief is that it was what was happening back here. And we can change the tides of wars. We can uh, have greater revelation of the return of Jesus. Fasting is powerful, guys. And I encourage you to do it. So... Let me just pray over you guys, um, uh, just grace and fasting. Again, if, if go eat a burger after this. I mean, if you're hungry now, get some tacos or something or 20-piece chicken nugget. But, but I encourage you, plan it. Plan it ahead. Get, start planning a fasting time. And again, your life will be revolutionized in Jesus. And also, one last thing. When you do fast, seek Jesus with all your heart. Okay, don't not seek Jesus and fast. Um, you're just hungry and angry. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, that's about, well... Islam started with uh, uh, Muhammad fasting and um, an angel showed up to him, an angel of light that he thought was legit and Islam started. Okay, so it's careful, I mean, not to scare you, but just, just seek Jesus when you fast, okay? Just run after Jesus and uh, he'll, he'll show up. I guarantee he shows up. And um, I mean, don't, don't be discouraged. We're gonna fail at it. We always do, uh, but keep trying. So let me just bless you guys over it and ask you if you want to come up and um, uh, just, you know, lead altar ministry. Jesus, I just pray for grace for fasting. I pray, Lord, that we would turn the tides of war. We would bring power into the lives that would break the strongholds. Demons would come out of people. Darkness would flee. Give us grace to fast. Let us do it well and do it together. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, that was really good. And um, when I was listening to that, I was just reminded of, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but I did not grow up in a culture of fasting with my church or my family. And um, it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that I um, started attending a church and they taught me about fasting. And so um, like um, anyone who's not fasted before, who's grown up in the culture that um, I had grown up in, I was a little bit afraid. I was a little bit like, I don't know if I can do this. What will happen if I go without food? Uh, we need food. That's how we're designed. That's how we're created. But slowly but surely, 
um, I started, you know, reading scripture and I just started to believe what it said about fasting. And so I still was pretty timid. I still didn't really know um, if I could do it, if I could actually go without food for any, any amount of time and be okay. But um, shortly after I started learning about fasting and started believing fa uh, for uh, believing, you know, the benefits of fasting, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And um, I remember, sorry, I'm going to cry. This has been years ago. But I remember going home to my parents' house, and I was there for um, an extended period of time, and we just really didn't know what to do. What do you do when someone that you love is diagnosed with cancer? There's nothing. I mean, and so I just told my parents, like, I know we didn't grow up with this, but I've heard about this thing called fasting, and I've read about it in Scripture, and it seems to make a difference. And so, like I said, I didn't know if we could do it. My parents didn't know if we could do it. But we set up this, um, I set up this two-week prayer schedule where I put every scripture I could find about healing and about fasting on it. And I told my parents, let's each take one meal per day for two weeks and fast. And that's essentially like all the faith that we had in our ability to fast. And so we did it. Every time we sat down for a meal together, I was living with them at the time. Um, one of us would go into the living room and fast and pray, and the other two would sit down and eat. And that's the faith that, was, that we, we fasted according to the measure of our faith. And while we were fasting for those two weeks, my mom heard a story um, of a woman who um, was being wrongly accused in court. And she was praying and she decided that um, the Lord was telling her, you know, when you go into that courtroom, I want you to praise the Lord for um, what I'm about to do, the victory that you're about to see. And she did it. She walked into that courtroom. She started praising the Lord and thanking him for what he was about to do in her life. And she got in there and the judge ruled in her favor. And so while we were fasting, the Lord, or my mom told me this story. And so my dad had surgery. Um, but the cancer that he had was in his bloodstream and the hospital that they were at still found um, some, um, uh, some spots or something in a lymph node. And they just didn't feel like they could handle it. So they sent him to Duke University. And so we were fasting, we were praying and we get to Duke, I drive them to Duke University and um, we are walking from the parking garage into the oncology department at Duke and we look at each other and we just know in that moment that we are supposed to pray and, and thank the Lord for what we are about to see happen in that, in that hospital. And so we do, we walk from the, you know, in the glass and uh, bridge enclosure from the parking garage to the hospital and we see, or, and we start saying, Lord, thank you. Like out, you know, we just start worshiping him essentially walking into this place and it was bleak in the waiting room of the oncology department. And I remember seeing all these people and it just seems so hopeless. Um, the prognosis of cancer can be so hopeless sometimes. And so we, um, we go, we're in there, it seems like forever waiting in the waiting room. And we um, go in and we meet with um, the doctor and he, he looks over, she looks over um, his chart and he, she says, I don't see anything. I don't know what they saw before, but there's nothing there. And so that was my first experience, fasting and praying for a miracle from the Lord. And I have never stopped since, and I have never been disappointed since. 
fast according to your measure of faith. It doesn't matter if you're fasting a meal. I mean, this was 11 years ago that I started fasting one meal with my family. In this past January, for the first time, I just did my first 40-day fast. And I never intended to do that when I started fasting one meal. But I just kept fasting according to my measure of faith. And I kept seeing the Lord move as a result. And I will never stop. And I want to encourage you to start fasting if you don't. There's power in it. You will grow close to the Lord in ways that you've never known. Even if it's one meal a day, start. Use the tool that God's given you to see heaven invade earth. So, sorry, I didn't even mean to just come up here and say all that. <laughs> but I'm really passionate about it because I've seen it work and I know that God has called us to do it, not only as individuals, but corporately as a church. And thankfully, I'm married to Hank, who's taught me a lot about fasting. He's probably one of the reasons that I've pursued it so passionately um, since in the years since that first one. So we do want to pray for you. If right now you're feeling any guilt or shame that you haven't done it, that you know you should, that's not from God. And I just want you to renounce it now and cast it to the feet of Jesus because he's already dealt with it there. That's not yours to hang on to. It's not guilt or shame that you haven't done it. It's an invitation to more. And that's all it is, an open invitation. And it will always be there when you're ready to accept. But there's no guilt and shame with not doing it. And so if this is something that you're interested in, it's something that you're new to, if it's something that you want to pursue more, let us pray for you. Let's today start pursuing the Lord in a more intimate way than you did yesterday and just continue pursuing him according to your faith. So please come on up um, if you want prayer and um, bless you all. Have a great day.